0: Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walcheff from Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording at Valley Farm Market above the butcher shop with my man Derek Marceau. And we are in 2018. We made it. Made it. We made barely. it, hopefully. hopefully. But we're, we're recording this early, so. Yeah, when, it's a when little, it, little early. When <laughs> it drops, uh, hopefully we, we have made it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, 2017 was definitely one for the record books. I think we were very, very fortunate to... Um, you know, do what we've done and, uh, continue to grow. I know us at Valley farm, we had the busiest day in the history of the store on, um, the 23rd and, Unbelievable. Um, you know, and I, I can't thank my staff enough for how smooth that day felt. You know, we've had some days that have been close and you felt it and it was, it was a hard, hard day these days. Um, have just felt a lot smoother you know and and we're doing a lot more business the the butchers understand it everyone's working together you know we're not against each other it's all one cohesive team and i'm telling you these manager meetings that we're doing getting everyone on the same team has been the best thing that's ever happened to the store
0: yeah it was uh it it made me happy to come in and to see how busy the store was but less of how busy the store was to see your team in action. And it was your eight team, Yeah, you know, cat, you know, who's been on the podcast before. Um, she was rocking Chris. He was out at the old hickory, like literally right when I parked, Chris is running the old hickory. Like, oh. and I know he had been there all morning. Cause I had stopped by earlier. Jeremy was working his ass off. I mean, that was so cool to see them knowing like that. This was game time. This is Super Bowl time. You know, this is, this is what, this is what we practice for.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times you, you, can see what people are made of you know do you crack under the pressure do you do you stand up and and fight even harder that's what we always tease about we don't we don't finish when we're tired we finish when we're done you know or we stop when we're done and um my my meat manager charlie um it was one of those things it was kind of like a catch-22 i it's his first year really being the lead in the meat department and i i didn't know if i wanted to you know let him fall too much because this is i mean to be honest i'm i'm not gonna lie about it this these last few days are what carries me through january and february it, it, oh. it gets my float so i can uh, keep people employed so i didn't know if i wanted to mess with it too much i wanted him to stumble a little bit um but not fall so there was a night no no kidding i uh for the first time in almost three years bit the bullet and uh called my dad and said dad you got two hours to spare i need you That's to come rad. down here and uh tie some prime ribs with me. That's right. And man, I'll tell you what, he was in his glory. He That's was so so, so excited. He's he been came waiting down. for that call. Oh my God. He's been waiting for that fucking I'm call. I'm telling you, he was he was like in his glory, just what else can I do? What you know, let's oh do this, God. let's do that. And I'm like, Oh my God, dad. It's That's uh bad but it was good. It was good. It was a good experience with me and my dad just, you know, back there. We've done it for twelve years together. Sure. You know, and now he's retired. He's been retired for three years and You know, seeing him come back and in his glory, he was like, okay, what time tomorrow? I'm like, clock out. I'm not paying you (laughs) anymore. Yeah, you're out. But I just, you know, teasing him because he doesn't clock in or out. He never fucking cares about that. But yeah, so it was, it was really, really cool. I, um, had a good time and the kids are starting to get to the age now with the, with Christmas and they're, they're really, you know, enjoying that. So it was a, a good five days for me
0: it's been an awesome year 2017 i mean there's lots of challenges but you know to get through our second annual del mar barbecue championship up at the racetrack and to really you know solidify our team you know with Corey and layla and abby and bill and Derek and jc and i mean we can't do it without all those studs um working as hard as they do and uh, you know make us help help us to grow the event. Well, not only that, but we brought in all of the people that were on the podcast. Right. You know, right. studs like Andy Harris, who from Grand Ole ends his vacation early just to drive across the country from Montana just because he didn't want to dis- disappoint us.
1: Right. And, and I think he, I think he learned a lot, too. I sure. think he understood. You know, he might even want to compete next year. Sure. You know, just to see what, what he can do in, in a competition like that. It's, I'm proud. I'm yeah. very proud of the of the movement we're doing. And, you know, I'm it's not just you and I, it's just about everybody. It's it's, really, it's really, really cool to watch. So 2017 was great. Now, 2018 should be better.
0: Dude, there's no better time to be in business. I I mean, this is a business and marketing podcast. We publish every Friday. Uh, we are so fortunate to be able to have all these doors open up because of barbecue. um, because of the restaurant, because of the butcher shop. And really, we just want to learn more from people that are doing really cool shit, uh, people that are willing to share their struggles. Because if you want to open up a business or if you want to succeed pretty much in anything in life, you have to embrace the struggle, uh, learn from it, and fucking keep grinding.
1: Find comfort in being uncomfortable.
0: Yep. That's
1: really what being an entrepreneur is. You really have to find that comfort because, you know, it's not always it's not always fun, man. It's not always You know, easy and it's uncomfortable, but it's those are the that's where you learn the most about yourself and you can push yourself into to, you know, bigger and better things. And I think that's pretty much what we're trying to do and trying to accomplish.
0: We've worked so hard, you know, to get this was the eighth annual Spring Valley Tailgate and Barbecue Festival. And do you
1: remember year six where we almost (laughs) didn't do it?
0: Yeah, I do. My eyes were bleeding. I know. They were, literally. <laughs> literally I mean, bleeding. Like, we
1: need to, you need to close your eyes. You need Sean. to close your eyes, Sean.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, that was a rough year, but um, organizations and training, Shane stepped up to save the event for us. And um, I mean, it's just, it's come such a long way to have an amateur barbecue contest where that many people are buying in, that many people are enjoying themselves. And, you know, when we started, we wanted it to be other people businesses in east county stepping up to the plate and that happened this year no it's it's huge
1: and it's it's happening even more and more and more you know and i I think we want people to understand out here in east county we have things we can showcase too absolutely and we're proud of sure and for people to be able to try those things and the new exciting things that are coming out that's what it's about. It's about I'm, everybody.
0: I mean, we had Jack and his wife Whitney come out. My best friend, my best man, dude. Blue Lagoon Coffee. He's, Shout out because we're gonna have we're gonna have him
1: on the podcast. He's he's
0: he's, he's grinding he's, it
1: out. He's he's hope, doing his thing. I hope he does his thing when he comes on here because he could be one of the funniest guys I've ever fucking met. He's, I just love him so much.
0: Yeah, he's so fantastic, and uh, he stepped up. This was his first event, but he saw the power of what happens when you get involved in a community event and the power that, you know, he was actually interacting. People were trying his coffee and they were just so fired up to, you know, find out when are you opening the shop? And he was working so hard, you know, Whitney had to jump in and she was running the coffee machine. Um, But right next to them is our guest today and uh, husband and wife. Uh, We're so fortunate that we have Jarrell, Jarrell god i can't say that <laughs> room, so I'm, i apologize but from snoice um your story is so badass because you have come to a part of san diego that Derek and i obviously love and have embraced but you're doing something that's so different and something that's so similar to what we do and we're just so well we're so happy to have you here on this uh, podcast so you could share a little bit more about you know your story and how you guys uh, got to where you are awesome welcome
2: thanks thanks for having me so
0: tell us a little bit about your background you uh from san diego
2: born and raised born in paradise hills right next to spring valley okay um went to morse high school uh graduated from, tigers yep yeah. <laughs> graduated from cal state san marcos
0: what year did you graduate high school uh 06. 6 so, millennial yeah. for sure yeah millennial i'm a millennial too <laughs> right the thick of it yeah yeah i, I call myself a fringe millennial because i i graduated in 2000 like actually when the world was supposed to end but oh, it, yeah, did, right. it didn't end <laughs> so, <laughs> so here i am <laughs> but so you graduated and then uh then what
2: um right after i graduated uh my wife and i uh you were girlfriend mar- at your the time
0: girlfriend at the time I was like Moved married in it. high school it's, yeah that's a commitment No,
2: no, no um well after college we moved to new york okay and we wanted to be she was in marketing and i was in startups and we wanted to be there and aside from san francisco new york was a place to be so uh we were in it for like what did you do in startups uh my background's in um accounting and coding so that's what i did when i was there i worked for a non-nonprofit actually. Mm -hmm. And it was was run like a startup. What was was the name of the company? It was donorschoose.org. Okay. So, um, you how how many people? It was about 60 people. 60 for a nonprofit. Wow. That's significant. That's pretty good. Yeah. I was on the finance side. So we raised maybe 70 million annually. Wow. This would all go to public schools. It was raising and sending nationwide nationwide. Yeah. Um, and so it was cool. It was cool to be in, um, and just be in that startup feel. And for me, it's all about community. So I wanted, it fed my soul at the same time and it was grinding and I got to learn a lot. That's there.
0: cool. Did you have yeah. any mentors there or anybody that kind of showed you the ropes?
2: Yeah. So the CEO, he, he's he been in all the magazines. What's so. his name? Dang. Uh, Charles Best. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Well,
0: everything we talk about will be in the show notes, so there'll be links to the companies we talk about or any social sites, um, so you can uh, go check that out afterwards. Nice. But what did he teach you?
2: He was just so high level. Like I sat next to him, and I got to see what his workflow was, and I came in at the lowest tier, and so it was interesting to see what was on my work plate versus what he was you know, considering. And so coming back and starting something and being at the top, it, it was an easier transition because you don't think about those or you don't stress about those little things. You, sure. You try to balance it out. So
0: and um, then you and your wife moved back here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She moved first. Um, I still worked there. I came back, worked remotely for a little bit and then started. It's nice. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Wait, and you had your son. Uh, before 2000- you before you started noise right before we right started, right Okay, so why did you guys decide to open up uh, a shop?
2: Um, so my wife's family is in the restaurant business. They own a bunch of bakeries, um, Tapex, which are boba shops. Maybe five franchises, two Creamistries. So they're they're deep in it. Really?
0: So did you grow up working in them?
2: Not working in them. But oh, really? Like basically but living being in it, living in them yeah, yeah sure all here in san diego all here in san diego wow, mostly cool. in national city some in Mira Mesa okay it's filipino bakeries
0: sure um well tell and- us tell us more about Snoyce so we get an idea of what you guys sell yeah because it's really i mean <laughs> fuck you got to go to their instagram page it's like I mean, my wife when she saw that, she's like, "What? How the fuck did I not have any of that during Barbecue Festival?" I'm like, well, "Not well, even that. It's just like, there's six thousand oh, people on the street, and you had a, you had our sons.
1: So. Well, you'd see like, you know, some shaved ice or whatever. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I've had it before. Not like this. Not like this. This is completely, completely different and so fucking good.
0: Well, it's it's so impressive just the press coverage that you've been able to get, and that's. Gen- genuine press coverage. I mean, you're doing it because your product is unique. It's part of the culture. It's part of the story. So tell tell us a little bit how, how it all happened.
2: Yeah. So how'd I you mean, jump
0: off the entrepreneurial cliff? Uh, I like to say. Yeah. You guys are just you're.
2: I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for inspiration, and you have like an endless list of projects, <laughs> and this was just one of them, right? <laughs> and um, we never I. I mean, while our family's in it, my wife and I aren't, like, chefs or anything. We're not mm-hmm. trained in it. Um, so this was the last thing on our list. But um, there was an opportunity to kind of um, – well, let me back up. Diane's family wanted to hand down. The bakery to her and so this was a compromise she wasn't ready for that and we still kind of moved in and started our own thing really and, you know flexed our our startup muscles and, that's, and sure it takes started. a
0: lot for her to say that she's not ready i mean that that's a huge testament to her
1: was mm-hmm. this location what was this previously
2: it, it's always been at the same spot uh, right inside cup of mine bakery which is her parents uh, okay bakery. so it's in the bakery mm-hmm. oh, okay how big, how big yeah. is the bakery uh maybe like two thousand square feet okay. it's like three shops connected okay yeah okay. and so we started off in the corner with like a inside pop. the
0: actual shop yeah okay Right. yeah with
2: like a cart we were trying to go mobile but uh-huh. then you know three months later this was 2015 like 20 yeah 2015 wow and then they were like let's cut a hole in the wall and like put you in and <laughs> really are literally par- hole her parents her parents yeah said that yeah wow yeah and so were
0: you guys getting traction when you were in the store
2: we were getting a lot of traction How? that's why I just we we put up a hut and like held little grand open soft opening grand mm-hmm. opening and they saw it and it was like at the end of summer so they saw the potential and they're like okay let's give you a chance like we don't want you going around with a cart yeah. <laughs> Wait, was
0: it did, how did you get the word out? Was it on social? Just social. So yeah. what what were you mostly
2: using? Just I Instagram. Insta? Yeah. yeah. And Instagram was good with ads back then too, mm-hmm. before they changed the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah.
1: So what I mean, you got there's gotta be some type of like you just liked shaved ice, you liked the bobas and that you said I can do that? I mean I, how how I, did that even
2: I think it was like you guys. Like it was the first time we were exposed to it in New York. We mm-hmm. didn't think much of it. We came back. There was one shop called Eskimo that opened up in Convoy, and mm-hmm. we we're like, "Hey, this is new. Let's try it." Because we've done Bobo before, you know, but we've never seen shaved ice like this. Yeah. And so we paired it with Hollow Hollow, which we serve and is our bestseller now. And. Yeah.
1: Now, do you have to have a different like talk about like the machinery, everything? Because to me, this is really exciting because I, I don't know much about it, so I know I'm going to learn a lot loves today. Ice cream too. I, I mean, that's it's no joke. I'm not. I'm like I'm really really big into ice cream. I need to stop. But um, so what? I mean, is it different types of you know machinery to get the ice as thin as you want it and the the texture that you want? And is there different you know, types of plates that you can use that make it more coarse, more fine. How does that work?
2: Yeah. So um, with our shaved snow, we use a flash freezer and um, it, it helps get that texture. Uh, we used to try and make it out of the regular freezer and uh-huh. it take two days gotcha. and we didn't get the texture that we wanted. Mm-hmm. So we started off kind of selling other people's product in LA. Yeah. And oh, then really, refining our recipe and trying to get it to their quality um, we wouldn't serve anything that was less quality, so if, once we came up with a recipe, we replaced it with ours, really, yeah, so <laughs> how did you
0: guys go about your recipe process and your you know the back end development process? Just
2: a lot of you know trial and error trial and error, see what um, other people are doing in other mm-hmm. markets mm-hmm. and a lot of help from everyone on the staff. we just let everyone in and said, Hey, go you're at op- it.
0: You're open, transparent,
2: yeah, that's hard. I mean, I yeah. know
1: it's hard for me to let go of the rain sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. But so what do you guys do for I I would imagine there's got to be some type of off season, right? Because when it's not I know we're very fortunate where San Diego is pretty fucking hot all the time. And it's it's, the weather's always good. But when it cools down a little bit. Does the business slow down? Do you guys have to kind of go more towards, because you're as well, right?
2: Yeah. So it slows down a lot. I think people, cr- it's weird because people crave ice cream and drinks. Yeah, no fucking cold. shit. <laughs> 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 I crave ice cream every day. <laughs> right? But it's definitely a difference between summer and winter. Yeah. Um, we take this time to kind of work on other projects, like remodel the store, or, you know, do different things. Like last year, we, we did a Kickstarter campaign and raised $10,000 to really? remodel yeah, the store. How was the Kickstarter campaign? Uh, Kickstarter campaign was grinding. Really, we yeah. barely made it. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to uh,
0: from Hart Trotter, and yeah. he was telling us about the, the difficulties with the Kickstarter
1: campaign. I never knew. I that learned that day. The, yeah. If you don't raise the the your minimum or whatever you set out to, it all goes away. Yep. I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah. So you guys set out to get ten thousand dollars and barely made it. Yeah. Ten thousand
2: one hundred forty-seven. Yeah. Nice. Yeah the last fledger was actually family that dropped one K. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saved us. Like, well, yeah. I mean, you have to, but,
0: but you have to put, put that out there, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. Hey, we need help. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're at nine and we need to get to 10. It forces you to go and be uncomfortable and go ask as many people as you can.
1: Cause mm-hmm. you don't want to lose the nine. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Are those
1: macaroons?
2: Macaroons. Yeah. So we always try to collab with local uh, entrepreneurs and businesses. So uh-huh. That's a, a guy named Damien, uh, Abrams, and he owns delicious desserts and he stocks his, um, ice cream sandwiches, macaroon, ice cream sandwiches at our store. Jesus. Yeah. He does amazing work like churro, macaroon, ice Who cream. Who does sandwiches. all the camera work, camera work, uh, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: camera works very important. I mean, obviously food photos are probably the most difficult things to take pictures of, um, one of the things that we're fortunate is you know my wife she she absolutely loves photography um, but you you have to be willing to also learn it yourself you know you have to know how to take a picture with an iPhone because you always have an iPhone you have to know how to take video with an iPhone, but like it's got to look good and like that goes we talk about reverse engineering the the menu from the Instagram photo, literally, you know, you're, you want it to look sexy, but you need to get back to, you know, these ingredients. And how did you guys go about getting those ingredients? Was it based off of color, taste, texture?
2: It was based of off. off, I mean, the customer, like mm-hmm. whatever, uh, audience we are catering to. And so our neighborhood in paradise hills is filipino and we knew we would be able to grow through them and so ube was our most popular flavor and mm-hmm. it was a trending flavor what's ube? Too. ube is a purple yam yeah so we're going to ask a lot of these questions because we have Oh <laughs> well, a- yeah no <laughs> uh,
0: what's ube where do you get it <laughs> right. where does it grow
2: <laughs> seriously <laughs> purple yam and it's like a classic staple ingredient from okay. the philippines purple um, yam yeah, and it was, like, trending in 2017. All the Filipino chefs were using it, and others were starting to play with it. Okay. Um,
0: How many Filipino shops do you think there are in San Diego, or do you have any idea? Not both, a lot. Not but a I lot. mean,
2: like, in the scene that we are, we're in, like, Filipinos love to cook, so mm-hmm. right. they try to, they find their way to the top of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Esteban it owns, cons- or not owns, but he works with cons- Consortium Holdings. Mm-hmm. Um, he's salon. a creative director there, really? also. Um, a lot of people from you know our area, apparently, sure. so Hills, Spring Valley, um, you know, uh, just playing with these foods and exposing and exposing them. Absolutely, to no.
0: I mean, that's it's probably one of the most difficult things to do, but it's probably one of the most important things that we do in business now. Is that you know the corporate culture of you know, 31 flavors and Baskin Robbins growing to what it used to be. I mean, there's a reason why pink berries, you know, made a name for themselves. Like there's a reason why all these different, because people love dessert, people love ice cream, but like now you need to get back to the roots and culture, tradition, those things are important to you. Um, How did you guys go about that process?
2: Uh, Um, So, I mean... I think that's what we're thinking of when we moved back: is what do we want to do, uh, especially raising a child? What, what? Because the business is an extension of you. So, what did we want our values to express? And it was culture and family, and um, naturally, it was Filipino desserts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone was in the business for it, and and then just an extension of it is we grew up here in San Diego, so it's a little different. It's not just Filipino. It's Mm -hmm. Filipino American. There's boba shops everywhere. That's not Philippines. Um, And just like the trendiness and like everything we've worked with. There's hip hop and yeah, absolutely. um, That's a part of us. And just like, you know, Instagram and celebrating, celebrating
0: all the things that make you local and make you. Is there any lumpia anywhere?
2: That's (laughs) what I fucking like. Yeah, it's actually a Cabo Mine Bakery and they have like. Unbiased, like some of the best. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that you what is it called? Nearby. Lumpia. Yeah. No, what, where is it at? Uh Cup of ba- the, the, oh, the store that we at, share at with. the bakery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, we sometimes we sell it out of Snoys uh, okay. 10 pack. Really? Yeah, so you can try yeah. it out. Are these yeah. are
0: these two separate businesses or Yeah, they're two separate. So you businesses. have your own purchase orders with your own vendors, mm-hmm. different vendors.
2: Well, we get it we source the lumpia from Cup of bakery and we just fry them up. Uh, to, because they sell in bulk usually like hundreds of Olympias, But
1: Now with the Kickstarter, did you guys get to do your renovation and everything's
2: yeah, good? Yeah, and, and uh, that's the most stressful part too is like how do we use this money? Because $10,000 is not a lot right. for the restaurant industry. No. But, you, know. <laughs> <It's like laughs> buy, you can buy like one oven or half an oven. Yeah, like buy <laughs> half an oven for that. Half an oven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I and mean, then those are some of the biggest challenges that we had while we were growing was you want to get the best equipment when you're opening up. Because, I mean, when we were working with Gene, he always wants the best because he's already used the shitty one. Mm -hmm. But, like, sometimes it's just not in the budget. So you buy, you know, an ice machine that's supposed to put out a certain amount of volume, and then only to find out, like, a year later, you need another – you needed a bigger ice machine. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we got to the point where we bought literally two of the same ice machines where we thought one was going to be good enough for us, and it didn't happen. So yeah. what, how did you guys go about um, deciding what you were going to do?
2: So it's the same. But, I mean, the focus with the Kickstarter we was we promised we'd renovate the dining area and make it more of a community space. Because, you know, on our back end, it's those challenges like matching demand and supply. Mm-hmm. But for the Kickstarter, we focused on just trying to expand the space or like fit more people and like have it have it. Flexible enough to host events.
0: So let's talk about your event background uh, before we get into why you guys do events. Where'd, yeah. you, where'd you work at?
2: So uh, it's funny. Um, my parents own a party rental and catering business, and that's what I grew up with. Um, I used to clean the Astro jumps and like the <laughs> chairs and tables. <laughs> right. So it was always parties. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I Astro think-
0: jumps are so hot. <laughs> I haven't been to a kid's party that didn't have an Astro jump. It's like, you can't even have a party unless you have an Astro jump. We, so we bought one. I know. Yeah. Because it was like, <laughs> it was I was like, I can't two
1: kids. We're expecting a third kid. It paid for itself. <laughs> it I does. bought a commercial one. We had, we have two actually between me and my neighbor. And it's like, dude, we're spending $300 every single time. We went, there's a guy who's going out of business for an auction. We bought two of them for less than a thousand bucks. I already made my money. Oh yeah. yeah! And sometimes we just put them out in the in the backyard, just let the kids go. Hey, so don't awesome. kid yourself. Sometimes I go lay out. <laughs>
2: <I always laughs> like, it's the best you know? distraction. Yeah, they're safe, and yeah. you know they can just you can do whatever you want, and yeah. the kids will be safe. How old
0: were you when you started working for your family business? Thirteen. Really? Like Thirteen me? Years yeah. Years yeah. Pretty much. I think it was twelve. Working, bussing tables and washing dishes. Fucking hated it. <laughs> right? It was miserable. <laughs> God, it sucked. But I'm so gra- so grateful that my grandfather made me do that, um, he's taught me how to work now. But, I mean, when you're a kid, you're like, this sucks. Like, sixth grade, seventh grade, you're like, I don't, on the weekends, I don't, I want to go fuck around with my friends and go to the beach or go play basketball. Like, this is crap.
1: Absolutely. But yep. I, I had to work for different reasons, <laughs> but. Um, my reasons are because I was bad. <laughs> my parents, uh, it was my punishment. I'd have to go work at the car washes. My mom and stepdad own car washes. And I'd have to, in the summers, go work there or come here and uh, work because either bad or poor card or referrals or detention or whatever I was <laughs> doing bad back then. Um, but I'll tell you what, it stopped. It stopped because, you know, I was like, okay, I can either be bad and not have a summer or be good and then go surf and do all the shit in the summer and I
2: figured it out eventually. It took right. took a little while.
0: Is your <laughs> the family business still operating?
2: It still yeah. is. Um How
0: many employees? She,
2: uh maybe like five. 5. She grinds it out. She, your she mom? Yeah, yeah, she used to work full time uh, as a nurse, two jobs and the business on the side. So, really? Yeah, that, two, wow. a nurse
0: and another job. What was the other job?
2: both nurses both so, nurses yeah. two nurse jobs yeah and the business yeah she started the business also yeah. on the side so it was get a get the fuck out of here yeah seriously yeah that's so
0: impressive how long have they been how long has been in business since
2: uh i think over a dozen years now really yeah
0: oh my god
2: oh 15 years 15 I can't even
0: years that's so fucking impressive yeah and other people like to complain that they have too much work. <laughs> right. uh, fucking kidding me! Wow, that's so impressive. So you worked there for what ten years?
2: For ten years, Um, I was managing. Do- doing everything. Him. Yeah, and then we butted heads because it's a family <laughs> business. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> butted heads. I I kind of quit. So she she's on her own now. But yeah. I think I left enough groundwork where she can play with and like hire people and help her out because. Uh, She's a woman and it's hard. She's sure. carrying tables and chairs and right. sometimes she forces herself to do it. You did know.
0: did you help her go digital with, with yeah. the with the business? I mm-hmm. mean, so much of all different businesses and different industries are facing the reality that the old way of doing business doesn't work. And mm-hmm. you have to adapt to what, what's happening in twenty eighteen. In twenty eighteen, you know, people I mean, I if, if I'm ordering anything, you know, like I need we're we're focusing on just this year to put our menu online so that you can order. You don't have to call the host. You can actually just order from your, your iPhone. That's and awesome. that's a big deal for us because it's a, it's a pressure point that sucks. I mean, I hate calling and getting put on hold. Like I don't want to make our customers go through that. And you know, those things are important for any business.
1: How much of your business is pickup?
0: 20%.
1: No fucking way. Yeah. How and we I, don't, we how don't, did I not know that?
0: I don't know. Wow. Have you,
1: well, yeah. So the, the, you definitely have a, a need for it.
0: Fuck yeah, yeah. It's a priority. It's it's already in motion. So we can just do
1: it on their phone. Convenience, yeah. boom. No, bang don't it have it to wait
0: on hold. Don't have to call the host
1: So you can have to have someone that's one hundred percent on that. Or uh, we already do.
0: We already do. Yeah, we already have somebody. That's open. Layla. <laughs> <laughs> Layla's will actually like it. Layla and so will Eric because we can do the catering processing as yeah. well. It won't have to be a separate process. But I
1: had no idea twenty percent of your business was yeah. takeout.
0: Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Crazy. Well,
1: that, that I mean, that's just another I mean, variable. that's why we dedicated
0: those three spots in the front of the restaurant just for pickup.
1: Yeah, that's just another variable because think about what you have to do to make sure that when they get their food and when they take it back to wherever they're at, it still has to be good and present itself.
0: It's a huge that's challenge. That's fucking nuts. Huge challenge, but it's a huge opportunity. Totally, yeah. You know, it's a huge opportunity.
1: I guess the way you have to look at it, right? hmm Jesus, man. Well... Yeah yeah figure that out figure I'm, that work, shit I'm out. working on that Put I'll, that I'll, on my, I'll report back <laughs> yeah um, 2018 right 2018 that's your goal 2017 18 this next year is gonna be your goal I'm gonna do it in reverse there you
0: go i get it done <laughs> uh, so yeah tell us a little bit about transitioning out of family out of one family business into your you know because you have your family that you grew up in and now you have your family yeah you and your wife and your son and like the philosophy behind opening up the shop
2: so I think growing up in a family business, like you're just like so frustrated with <laughs> the things, like especially if they're old school, you know, you try to change it. So that's why I went to business school. Is like our books aren't straight, and, yeah, you know, things like that. So I try to fix it. Um, and then uh, with the event space, I went over to New York, and startups they love throwing parties, so. Um, We just threw parties all the time. Um, I was involved with startup weekend, which is a weekend event where we teach entrepreneurs to start their own business, create a business over the weekend. Really? And jump off the
0: cliff in one weekend. Yeah. One weekend,
2: just pitch it to actual investors and they get judged on it. Um, And this is worldwide worldwide movement. And, um, it was just volunteers planning these events. So I, I was lucky to plan. You were
0: working for the company.
2: At it, the was, time. it was all volunteers, all and volunteers, nonprofits. So, That's awesome. Yeah. But
0: you're working with other people that are excited about opening up a business and yeah. doing events actually. Were, they, p- were people paying to go to these events?
2: Yeah. yeah. They're, they're paying 120 to, you know, learn from people in the industry and then, you know, jump off the cliff and pitch. Um, that was cool. Cause you know, you get exposed to all these people, um, You know, entrepreneurs, especially in New York.
1: You know what's cool is to to listen to you and and hear your mindset on things. Because I think a lot of times people, they want to wait, wait around, wait for um, something to fall into their laps where you are saying, look, look, I'm going to go get these experiences. Yeah, it's not going to pay me a lot of money, but these things you can't put a fucking dollar figure on them. If what you learn from the CEO sitting next to him what you learn from this company there's nothing that's ever going to you can you can't pay for stuff like that. Um so that it's really cool just to hear you embrace those things because I think that's what we talk about a lot on the podcast is get out there and do it. Just do it. It's it's sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's a grind, but you're never going to get that experience back. I mean, you you have to be able to say okay, it's not fun sometimes and i'm not i'm struggling probably you might have not been able to pay the bills sometimes and but you're you're getting something that's far more valuable than just a monetary value
2: mm. i think entrepreneurs are impulsive you know yeah, like- well, yeah
1: you,
0: have, you have to have a certain asshole gene to <laughs> right. be able to deal with the fact that it's all on you, you i know, think i have two end, of those genes you have two of those genes <laughs> um so, so tell us, because community is so important to us. What well, I just saw
1: up on the on the uh, screen, you did some stickers in Paradise Hills, just yeah, embracing
0: the- Yeah, talk about the, the ma- um, Made in Paradise Hills. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty
2: fucking cool. So Made in Paradise Hills, we, we actually just themed it that for our one-year anniversary because we met some cool chefs and some businesses from Paradise Hills. Mm-hmm. And so we invited them over to our parking lot, and we packed so wait, the you thought,
0: you thought outside of your store, and you actually invited the competition in? Oh, we love that.
2: Not exactly the competition, but I mean, well, it's they're never not, competition. they're
0: not competition. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, commu- the problem is people see it as, Oh, that's the store across the street. They're going to steal my customer. It's like, this is our neighborhood, man. Right. Like yeah. if we don't fucking care about our neighborhood, then there's nothing good that's going to happen here.
2: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, so you mean, invited them we in,
2: invited them in and, um, It was just a party. It was just a big block party and people attended. You actually
0: shut down the street or you did it in the parking lot?
2: Yeah, we just did it in the parking lot. No security. That's what the first concern was. (laughs) You know, but when you started. You did it at night? At night. Lights? um, Barely any lights. Barely any lights. Yeah. (laughs) Totally unprepared, but, you know, we didn't know what it would turn into. But it was like 400, 500 people in a parking lot. And, you know, there's nothing in Paradise Hills. That I mean, that's like
0: that. that's why we, I mean, that's why we have so much respect for you as you know, coming out here to Spring Valley. I mean, Derek's shop's been here for 62 years, but, you know, celebrating Spring Valley and changing the perception of what Spring Valley is was so important to us. Because there's so many great people that live out here, hardworking people that, you know, they want to have a place that they can call their own. You know, it's part of the neighborhood. And, you know, the Spring Valley Barbecue Festival was, that was the catalyst for us to go out and start talking to other businesses and say, Hey, you know, we need your help to put this event on. Let's celebrate what we have here in spring Valley in East County.
1: And not that it's getting you out of your comfort zone, but not only you, it's getting other people out of their comfort zones, right? So it's, it's forcing relationships to, to grow that might not have happened. So you're getting this person who might've been thinking the old way, Oh, I'm not going to go talk to them. They're my competition. They're across the street. Well, now you put everyone together and everyone's in a positive environment where we're trying to build something, some camaraderie around the neighborhood. Then they, their walls start coming down a little bit. Right? You, you can see it. You can literally see it in people. You're like, dude, I, the way his attitude was and the way it is now,
0: we had something to do with that. Completely different. Yeah. Well, it's not only that, but now you guys both care about the street itself, like the fucking physical street that actually has been neglected for all this time now you start caring and i mean you guys got um, tremendous press coverage which i we have to talk about tell us about the graffiti initiative
2: so the graffiti was you know we met we know we, know. we live in we live in spring valley <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're well aware of the graffiti problem it's not but like- it's
0: but it's it can be a problem, and it can be a nuisance, or it can be an opportunity.
2: Right, and uh, some of those same graffiti artists turn you know, the page, and they learned. You know, it's not just about marking it; it's, it's a creative form. But we can it's an artistic it. form. Yeah,
0: you know, I mean, I always joke around. You know, because if somebody puts graffiti, it's like we need more art classes. Like these people can't express themselves. Like you know, you you want to have a logo of whatever tribe you're in. Great. Like let's start. Let's have a branding class and let's talk about it. But like let's get them a fucking palette so they can right. they can you know express themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you guys did that. Like you you didn't talk about it. You actually did it. You went out and you got what other artists together.
2: Yeah. So uh, there was this guy named Brandon Bartholomew. He paints all over North Park and. Um, just on those uh, utility boxes. Yep. And we invited him out to say, hey, you want to be a part of this project just to replace the graffiti with some. Did you already have the art. connection
0: or you had to reach out to we him? Just cold out. call. Cold call. Uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, this is who we are. This is what we're trying to do. A lot of cold calls, Isn't but yeah, that cool. But cold call, call worked. <laughs> hey, but, I mean, you, you see it on the news, or you, but so many people don't take the action. Like, oh, that would be cool if we did that in our neighborhood. But like, it takes somebody. And it's a lot of extra fucking work, you know. It has nothing to do with running your shop, but it does. Like it absolutely does, because once you go and you put yourself and you create this community event where you're bringing in other businesses that are in Paradise Hill and you're celebrating Paradise Hills. Now people are taking pride in Paradise Hills, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fired up. I mean, you guys had such an incredible turnout this last mm-hmm. year. I mean, I wish I could have made it to it, but I, I watched it all on social. You guys did a mm-hmm. great job, you know, talking about the event doing Facebook Live, doing all kinds of stuff that is really cool because people are proud to be a part of that event. Artists, all the people that you had. Talk, tell us a little bit how, of how it went. Was this the second year
2: or first year, like yeah. first official year? The first official year of that event, the Night Market.
0: The Night Market. Um, mm-hmm.
2: But it all started from that one-year anniversary because right? we didn't think it would grow into anything. But it was people asking, "Hey, we got to do this again. We got to, you know, we love seeing the businesses. We we never knew that this business was from this area. Sure. And so, well, you it's, know.
0: It, all of a sudden, it creates pride of family too, because there's family businesses that it's just been stagnant. You know, it's been stagnant. It's been year over year. You know, either the the next generation's either embracing it or they're not. But now it's like, well, something's shaking that up. Something's shaking up our normal dick course of like literally, we shut down the street. So it's like you know, neighbor, the people driving by like, well, why is our street shut down? Well, it's shut down because there's, you know, amateur barbecue teams out here. We're promoting, you know, spring Valley and all these things, but that gets people excited. And they're like, now they tell mom and they tell dad and they tell grandpa and they tell, you know, the kids like, come on out, like, let's go and show off our business and let's improve that window. That's been broken or that needs to get fixed up. And like, let's make it better. And now all of a sudden you've got this pocket, this community in this village that's actually doing something that's exciting. And then they think about it, and they're like, well, next year, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do this to improve it.
1: To, to see that there's other communities <clears throat> that are embracing this, too, because Paradise Hills is, is very similar to where we're at, where it's an eclectic group, right? And how do you get everyone together and, <clears throat> like you said, make sure you have enough security to make, you know, because c- we don't live in the best neighborhoods sometimes. But to see that there's leaders out there that are doing that, that's what's important. Because at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about everyone. It's about everyone in the community coming together and having a sense of pride. That's what's going to build the community and make it better. You know, as much as Sean and I would want to go out and pick up all the trash on the street and try to clean everything up, we're only two people. But if we can bring everyone together and give everyone the sense of pride, like, hey, we're going to make Spring Valley great again. I mean, not to... Be political I didn't, yeah that, that didn't come out right but um you know we are nowhere near as impactful as we are with without everyone involved you know getting everyone together going towards a common goal saying how how can we you know make this great <laughs> that's where you start make you start seeing changes you know and kudos to you for for doing that and being that leader because it's not it's not easy and to make those cold calls dude that sucks I don't oh, know oh
0: god it's so hard yeah
1: it's hard to to do I mean sometimes I'm like hey, Sean, do you want to call him yeah. <laughs> you know because I, I mean
0: sometimes it's not a cold call you have to reach out through email you have to send a direct message like in this day and age we have a lot of ways to get in touch to not have to go through a gatekeeper but like if you're true and you're honest and you're telling people this is what i'm doing you know you have a skill set that could be very valuable and i'm sorry i don't have any money to pay you but like we're trying to build something that's bigger than paradise hills and it's this Because there's villages all over the world, you know, like this happens all over the world, but it takes a catalyst and it takes going outside of your normal course of business to understand that if the community isn't embracing it, then eventually people aren't going to be in that community. You know, if you look at malls across America, like the old mall tradition, the big box retail stores that like that's failing. So people are fine. Like, how do we get people to come back to the malls so that, you know, all the moms aren't just sitting on their phone and ordering products through amazon prime to come to the the door well what are they doing they're changing it so it's like you don't have to go and make a transaction we're making it a community space where there's uh there's comedians there's people playing music there's a place where you can take care of your kid there's a changing table there's a place for your dog like i just want to go there i don't have to spend anything but it's like rosie just went to utc i haven't been there yet but she's like she can't stop talking about it She's like, it's like probably one of the most vibrant places because it's it's anti-Mall. I mean, it's anti what we grew up knowing what a mall was. You see, that's how they so, do it? Did you know that's, oh, that's how they rad. do it? Oh, that's rad. I, I saw, no I saw that photo.
1: <laughs> that's fucking cool. It's really so, cool. So h- how'd you come up with the name? That's, uh, it's a little different.
2: Yeah. So it was actually a joke. We didn't think <laughs> it, yeah. Uh it. was It's obviously a play on words. Right. Snow um, so nice. But we were watching Key and Peel. And there's this episode where he just keeps saying noise, noise, right. and uh, yeah, it caught on. It was the most memorable. We almost right. called it something lame like Snowhound or something. Right.
1: <laughs> and then the logo, and then the logo,
2: yeah, and The logo. Don't tell anyone of this, but it's a dollar logo. It's like an icon off a website. Yeah. It's rad. We bought rights to it. Yeah, but it's yeah. clean. It's clean. It's yeah. clean, and yeah. it's
0: sexy. Like the like the packaging, the you know the way that. It, everything's presented you have like that's your brand and it's going to change because we we were a California comfort restaurant when we first opened restaurant and sports bar until I started realizing I can't fucking market that that's way too many syllables like like we evolved but like you have to be true to who you are but you also have to try to like if I don't want to wear it you know, Derek and I talk about this all the time for retail and merch. Like, if we're going to go out and we're going to send our catering team to, you know, go take care of Fox 5 down at the Gulls and take care of like all the news anchors and the president, Scott Heath, who's been on the podcast, we better fucking look sexy. Mm-hmm. Like, we better be proud to be there. We better have, you know, the tablecloth that we want that has our logo on it. You know, all those, th- it took a long time to get there but micro steps to get there. And I've seen the catering stuff that you guys have on your website and it's, you know, you have a step and repeat, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Like that's Mm
0: -hmm. not cheap to buy that. No. But why do you have it? It's branding. It's branding. So when people get that sexy ice cream at that pop-up, you know, that you guys do, they're going to take a photo there and they're going to hashtag it on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook and be like, where did you get that? I mean, did, did you guys have a PR company that got you all that press? No. How'd you get it? How'd you get all that press?
2: We were just I don't know. It was at, we just walked into it. Yeah, right? you know, meeting people like you guys, you know, people that were in the industry. The first person that we met was um, Nines, Nino Camilo, who does uh I Love Poke Festival. And I think that was our big, you know, piece that tipping point where he introduced us to a few people and just doing this work with the community just got the press. Because you're true, you're authentic. You're not bullshitting
0: anybody. You're like, this is what we're trying to do. We're not. This is our story. I mean, you go on your website. This is our story. This is our family. We're family. We're culture. We're community. Like that's those are the things that we care about. And like, I don't. We don't just say them. We do them. Mm -hmm. Like Kickstarter to have more space to have open mic night, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. why is open
2: mic night so important? I think it's it's going back to the values of you know raising your kid. We wanted to have him be exposed to all this talent and like also have the the community come together and like, be inspired by others and it doesn't have to be anyone professional or on the news it's your neighbor who's trying to put themselves out there as a comedian and try these lame jokes and get you to laugh sure you know so people that haven't taken any classes but have the potential you know it's that inspiration that we wanted to catalyze the neighborhood and that sure. was that was a priority for us.
1: What do you guys do for, did you say catering, you guys go out and, and do things like, let's just say I have a kid's party or, you know, you guys will come out and, and what's the minimum for, for that?
2: And so we set it at 50 people, Yeah, which is like out of the reach of, you know, a house party. Mm-hmm. Usually um, we try to focus on weddings and, you know, big events um but we per person per person yeah. yeah we're actually trying to simplify it because we have like some complicated calculator mm-hmm. to you know um calculate all the costs on our end and totally, mark yeah. it
1: up we, have to, we do the same shit all the time That's, yeah it's been way easier for me to do it per person even though on the back end everything that i have to do to get to that number is fucking gnarly but they don't need to know that yeah you know i don't need i don't need to complicate it for them I'll let us do all the work, and then I say, "Here is a price," and they say, "Oh, that's too much." I say, "Well, that's that's it. I I can't do it for any cheaper than that. I lose money, you know." So
2: yeah, <coughs> so we're actually in the process of trying to even simplify it even more yeah. per head and make it transparent because a lot of the catering companies, it's like, "What do you want?" And it's then we'll the best. Up for the price transparency right. is yeah.
0: like, I mean, our guiding principle for building our catering was to the easier we make it on us, and the easier we make it on our guest and the more reasonable it is where we tell them this is this is what you do like they're going to order more and mm-hmm. we work to get it on our website so that we had a woo-foo form so they didn't have to call the hostess and wait for the hostess to get a manager and then they're on hold and the manager's way too busy to be talking about catering you know getting those things digitally on our website breaking them down like Derek said per person where it's this is what it is this is our minimum you know this is our payment terms like you you pay in advance those things have to happen because if they don't happen, it makes it that much harder on the operation. Plus it just, it doesn't feel right. You know, and like, it should be easy. Like, you know, the companies that are going to win are going to have a pleasurable experience. Like it's already a pain in the ass to be the office manager and have to do, you know, you, you're responsible for the end of the year party for 40 people, you know, end of the year party for 40 people. Like it better be good. It better be memorable. Like our job is to make it easier on that office manager so that they're like, dude, I'm just going with Cali comfort because I know they're going to, they always bring the A team and they make me look like a rock star. Like, mm-hmm. I look like a rock star because I brought them in, and Layla and Steven, they came and they just made, like, this incredible spread, and then they had to-go boxes, and they took care of us. That's that's how you're going to win, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, that sounds like what you guys are looking at
2: doing. Yeah, and catering is so hard for us because we, we <laughs> offer everything on the menu, and we're trying to simplify it. Right. And every event's different. You know, you got to calculate costs if well, you, have, you have to you go off the equipment, stairs. too, right? Yeah, you have, equipment, like, too.
0: Yeah. Stu- so some of the biggest challenges as any restaurant is your delivery time. You know, where are you making the food? How are you prepping it? Are you making it on site? Do you have the equipment to make it on site? You know, especially when you're
1: dealing with ice. Mm-hmm. Do you have to bring generators? Do you have a truck that's refrigerated? How do you How do you work that? Sometime, sometimes.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, since we're on site, sometimes they're in a building and we just plug in. Right. And it's a standard outlet. Okay. Um, our sound- 20 amp or what do you yeah. need? Do you, yeah. 20-
1: Mm-hmm. what sorry. what does it usually cost per person where
2: are you guys at right now six dollars yeah wow. that's $10. it yeah that's it come on now yeah i might we're, have to just thinking... come over just for... <laughs> come on now yeah Dude, six dollars <laughs> six yeah.
1: bucks a person that's nice 300 bucks yeah. less than 300 bucks yeah
2: 300 bucks yeah. Yeah. yeah any service on top of that no to come out that's it yeah, you yeah. Gotta, you six dollars a that. person um we try to keep it lean send one person out and yeah. handle it um How long are they on site for two hours, two hours, that's a six hour
0: shift. So you tell them, right. You tell the client ahead of time that you're going to only be there for two hours.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those things are important. And are you serving for two hours or are you there for two hours?
2: We serve until we sell out. Okay. yeah, it's like 50 people. If we can do it in an hour, we're out.
0: But they're guaranteeing 50. Is that how it goes? Yeah. So you're vending, but you're doing a minimum. Okay. Yeah. I get it. No, I get it. Yeah. That's actually pretty sense. cool. Yeah, no, I <laughs> mean, especially
1: <laughs> for – because we have stuff out – I live out in Hamul. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll end up catering all the food myself and then – <laughs> All the time. All the time. Fuck. It's so and, funny.
0: It's like – I mean, it's the classic, you know, if you're in the village, the cobbler never takes care of his own shoes. It's like if Derek has a catering for him himself, like he doesn't do the prep list. It's all like right. all of a sudden it, – it, it's the same thing for me. Like Gene had to take care of our our – thanksgiving smoked turkey and we're like right. we're just the worst and i not follow my own process my own right. procedures
1: my wife's like what are we having i'm like I don't, I don't know i'll get it done though i'll get stuff here we'll have food and i'm putting uh, tables
0: uh, and chairs in Derek's car the day of the event yeah
1: <laughs> um but yeah i mean it would be just a really cool thing to have at like you know the events that we have with all the kids and stuff just an ice cream something you know,
0: different it would have, been, I mean, stuff like that because you know, that's where you talk about those relationships and those partnerships where you start working with other catering companies that are at a wedding. You know, when we cater weddings, we don't do dessert, I mean, we do peach cobbler, but having ice cream as an option, I mean, I guarantee you, Adam Harris, they would have done that, you know, for sure.
1: Well, just think about <laughs> I mean, it's
0: bomb for us, it's so
1: cool for the next. I mean, we can even put it as an add on for us,
0: yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
1: just. Cross market and say, Hey, we'll do this, and we can get Snoyce to come out and do uh, some shaved eyes and boba and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I would do it. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. That'd for be, sure. Be rad.
2: Makes it easy for the people planning their weddings. Like, right. It's one, it's all connected. You could just pick from the businesses. But- so,
0: talk about the press that you guys got and why it was important to get it on your website and put the links up there because some people you know, don't understand that back-end SEO side?
2: Um, it's important to us because, you know, it's hard to get featured anywhere. <laughs> very um, hard. Very hard. And it's getting so-
0: easier, though, if you, do, if, you do, if you hack it the right way. You, <laughs> it's kind of a hack, though. you got to understand. And you got to do things right. I mean, if you do things right and you're telling the right story, I mean, not everybody's trying to make their community better. And it's not about Snoyce. It's about Paradise Hills. And that's really why you guys have gotten, you know, extra coverage on top of having sexy product and things that taste amazing that people really want, right?
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, I think we haven't even reached our potential with our food. Like we've been getting a lot more press for in Paradise Hills or, um, these events, but not exactly our food. So until recently. And so I think that it's, it's important for us to share it because we don't get it that often. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of our way of like patting ourselves on the back because there's no other way where we can kind of say, "Hey, well, these sure." Are just-
0: well, yeah, it, but it legitimizes you too, you know. And yeah. it's like for us, it's not about us, but like we went on Fox Five. Like, if somebody wants to get involved with Spring Valley Barbecue Festival, if we don't have a link of what we went on, you know, Channel Eight to go do, like that's the easiest way to tell the story, you know, because mm-hmm. we're there telling Heather Myers exactly why. You know, we're putting, we're bringing amateur barbecue teams out and why we're bringing other barbecue restaurants out and organizations and training the people that we're raising money for. It, it's all right there in a, pro, you know, professionally produced video, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that it's the best way, press is the best way to tell that extended story. Like the, there's so much to tell. I mean, so much history behind a logo or how much you um, wanted, the values that you wanted to express. And so we use that as an outlet because uh, Instagram, they swipe over it they're just Mm -hmm. looking at the pictures and stuff so um that's why we embrace the press
0: sure well it's it's embracing the press but you guys you know it's the thing that we talk about like you guys are your own press like you know you've you've turned into a media company which is what we talk about by for us podcast i mean you we all have to be our own media company and we have to embrace the fact that we need to know how to use video we need to use how to take Photos with our iphone we need to know how to publish we need to know how to create content because you don't know where those eyeballs are going to come from and you don't know who's going to come into your door anytime right mm-hmm. i mean anybody and at, at any point you know we wouldn't have the relationships that we did if it wasn't for embracing the opportunities that are out there and letting people know who cali comfort is whether they even come into the shop ever or not
1: right what are those little balls in the boba to <laughs> I've always wondered. So I'll have them. And they. Have you had that before? I haven't. Dude, try oh, it. It's like a little. Um, Which one? This either is one. in Thai tea and this in Okinawa. So,
0: Okinawa. listeners, we my, have. My brother was born in Okinawa. <laughs> really? We have uh, yeah.
1: these Bubba teas here right now. Sean's opening up and there's a little. Bu- is this. Are they yeah. everywhere? Yes, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. everywhere. So, yeah, everywhere throughout the United well. States, usually people are, are having them. even have a local I had them at a Pho place. Yeah, not. Oh, open it.
2: There you go. There you go.
1: Um But there's like little balls of uh I don't know what you,
2: It's a tapioca balls. Tapioca so it's, balls? It's just starch, there's no nutritional value to it. Right. It's just kind of um it's an Asian craze where they wanted to change it up in their teas and milk teas and it's just good. have a it chew. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Seriously, it's just it's different, really
0: good. right? No, it's really good. Did you did you get any of those I balls? Think, yeah. Chew oh, them, bro. Yeah, I already did. Nice. They're bomb.
1: <laughs> it's just different i'm i'm a fan i was i was i didn't know what to expect from like the first time of it was gonna be like filled with anything oh it was not it was just kind of something cool right it's something really different. good yeah. it's really good yeah i'm telling you and then talking about the halo halo
2: so that's another classic filipino dessert okay. um, it started off with just beans and milk because that's what beans that beans really beans and milk and ice it was their way of staying cool in the Philippines, and it's all they could afford. But you know, they started throwing any and every ingredient in there. And hollow hollow means mix mix in Tagalog, and so that's their. I think every um, it's like a culture-
1: dessert dessert goulash. Just throw yeah. everything throw yeah. everything in there and mix it around. Exactly. I'm fucking into that.
2: It's like a dessert salad. <laughs> nice. um, and so I, we try to pick ingredients that are colorful, but you can literally throw anything in there and it's a hollow hollow every every culture has a frozen dessert you know uh drink or like smoothie or something like a raspato or a chamango this is the filipino version have you been out to
1: the philippines yourself twice yeah Uh,
2: as a kid, but I don't... I'm not in tune. I don't even speak Tagalog or anything. Right, Your wife I does? Speak my Bo- wife... I don't
0: speak Bulgarian. I don't feel bad. <laughs> but my once my son starts speaking with my wife, I'm, I'm going to have to catch up so I don't get... I don't get rubbed down in a conversation. About yeah, are yeah. talking about dad. And plotting yeah. and scheming.
2: Right. Yeah. So my wife goes almost every or every other year. Her family makes it a point because most of their family's there. It's the opposite for me where my family all immigrated here, so... Um, and they didn't want to confuse us. They didn't want us learning Tagalog. So they Really? Yeah. That's always like, interesting. Isn't
1: that weird? Because that's what happened with my mom. So my family, I'm Hispanic. And on my Hispanic side, my grandma didn't want my mom and my uh, uncles to learn Spanish. Because she didn't want them to either get made fun of or anything like that. So she didn't teach them how to, how to speak the language. And then it's like, it's the best thing that would ever happen to them. And then right. my grandma would speak to us in Spanish a lot. And it's like, man, it'd be really cool if my mom woulda.
0: I think I think in. culturally and generation generationally things are changing. Yeah. Because I think you know our generation we're embracing our roots and trying to find out more about our blood and where we're from and you know the story behind it. It's you know we we want to embrace it. I mean that's what makes us unique, right?
2: Mm-hmm. It's all about finding our identity, and sure. so that's kind of why like Made in Paradise Hills came about was I was proud of where I grew up with or in and sure i I didn't identify with the philippines it was paradise hills
0: well you had i mean it's not only that but like you did something that nobody else was doing because there was a perception of paradise hills right
2: yeah and we just wanted to change it because you
0: knew there was good people there right and you wanted to make it cool like it is fucking cool like my friends are cool like the people i grew up with are cool like yeah there's there's idiots in every village guess what that's not that's not like breaking news
1: right you know I mean, just think about, I mean, for me, if I tell someone I grew up in Spring Valley, they're like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, it's really not that bad. I know. You know, when I talk to people, they're like, uh, do you, like we're going to go down that street? Yes. It's yes. I walk down that street every fucking day of my life. It's fine. Like, like, oh, we heard bad things. I'm like, sure. Shit happens every once in a while, but it's not like the worst place in the world. No. Yeah. <clears throat> but what we need to do is really highlight the positive people that are doing the right things in these communities. And put them in the forefront, you know it's so easy to look at the negative shit. Well, anyone can do that. Let's look at the positive stuff and the people that are doing the positive things and lift them up sure not not just highlight the the bad guys you know yeah
0: i I couldn't agree more. I mean every time I do orientation with staff and we talk about you know when you're coming and you're parking, you know be safe when you go to your car but if i if a restaurant if our restaurant was in La Jolla, I would tell them the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like anything bad can happen anywhere in the world and places get a perception because something might, something bad might've happened, but be respectful, know what's going on and celebrate the good things that are going on because there's some amazing stuff, but it takes getting outside of your comfort zone. It takes you as a business owner going to the guy next door that hasn't said anything to the other family for years and you making that connection and saying, Hey, this is what we're trying to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, He himself or she, they have to believe it too. You know, like it it doesn't just work just because you want it to work. Because trust me, there's plenty of people that told me to go fuck off.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you hear about, you know, people that have, you know, bad relationships with their neighbor and it's just been going on and, you know, no one's taking the initiative to go talk to them. There's a fucking big pothole in here and we need to fix it. No one wants to fix it. And then the next generation comes up and they're like, look. Let's put that shit behind us. Who cares? I'll fix it. And you go and fix it. And then you open that relationship up and you start talking to them. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, there's one here too. I'll, I'll help you fix it. Then you start getting a little bit of traction. Then everyone wants to start helping. And they they realize it's not just you looking out for just what you get. It's, look, we, we all want this to do better. We all want Paradise Hills to to get a better name um spring valley to have a a great name but it takes that person to take that step that leap of faith that's yeah it's not always easy
0: it's really fucking exciting for us because you know what we always said was since the santa sophia parade and casa de oro that that was my uh, shit you know since then there hasn't been anything until the spring valley barbecue festival and now with what you guys are doing in paradise hills this is something that we can all celebrate together You can bet your ass you're going to have to deal with us helping out with whatever you need. Yeah, no, whatever you you need anytime. You you made the commitment to us and you came out and you stepped up and you came out to our event so that to help us raise money. And, you know, we learned because you did what you said you were going to do. And we know how hard it is owning a business and going out and doing those events, but that's where you grow the most. That's where you actually make those relationships that count.
2: And, and my wife grew up in Spring Valley, so she was super proud to see. It was our first time to the Spring Valley barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first two years we were here, we are just getting our feet wet. Sure. You know, <laughs> five, mil- five million things on the checklist, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it was amazing Sarah. her. She, she was like, oh my gosh. Like, Isn't it cool? It's mm-hmm. just,
0: you know, an eclectic mix of people coming out and celebrating the different varieties of barbecue that we have in San Diego and amateurs that are trying to learn their craft and trying to, you know, put it in for the judges and you know tony was doing his thing on the stage and
1: he's always doing his thing <laughs> shout out to tony
0: absolutely he's, he's always
1: we fly him out here every year because we just fucking we love what he does and the he he brings a presence to that stage that he gets it he gets the group he's he understands the people how, how to get them going i couldn't do it yeah you know some
0: people were born for what they do best and yeah some uh, there must have been a, a microphone in his crib because yeah. he put the guy on the stage and he just uh, you know he was meant to do that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, but I want to give a sh- social shout out to our man uh, Christopher Wood. He um, emailed Sean and I um, later last or last week and uh, was just take talking about how he's really enjoying the podcast. He's out in uh, Northern Virginia and he's uh, looking at taking the the entrepreneurial leap and jumping off that cliff um, with Primacy Meat Company. He's, um, you know, listening to what we've what we've been saying, and he's understanding. He's actually, you know, what I was talking about earlier with, with you, but he's um, going down to Texas to talk to some pit masters to kind of do an internship, like not getting paid, just kind of learn from them. Um, so we wanted to give him a shout-out. If you guys can, give him a follow. Primacy Meat Company, it's already up on social on um, – Instagram Rachel. I
0: love it yeah we're so proud of uh, Christopher and for anybody that reaches out and tells us you know what their dreams are what their hopes are we we know firsthand how hard it is to open up a business to jump off that cliff but I mean the biggest thing is you think that you're alone and you're not right. um, you know there's like-minded people that are fucking badass people you know people like Coops I know Coops just got his uh, his chicken shack open back up yes.
1: Yes. love that guy yeah
0: you know, Chris from Smoke Talk, all these people that are doing their thing. And, you know, for us to be able to celebrate that and, you know, if they get inspiration from, you know, Scott Heath, the president of Fox 5, talking about digital marketing or Sam, the cooking guy, um, that's really cool for us because, you know, re- really, we're, we're learning so much just yeah. by... Um, talking to people that are doing cool stuff and we want to see the journey and it doesn't matter if it's in paradise Hills or if it's in, uh, Northern Virginia. I mean, that, that, that's really, really cool. So,
1: yeah, I'm just, uh, excited to see what 2018 brings. Um, I can't wait to partner up with Noise. whatever we can do. If there's a catering, I'll, I'll hit you up. If there's, uh, we can add you on anytime. Um, if you have any events you're going to throw, I know Sean and I are more than happy to, to help out, um. We don't do just barbecue. We can do whatever you want. So make sure you reach out. Use us. Um, yeah, we if, you, use- if
0: you need us to shut down the street or to sweep the parking lot, yeah, uh, we're not shy. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll make it happen.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably man.
0: recruit some people, too.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time out to Yeah, we talk appreciate to us, it. Man.
0: Follow these guys on social, uh, Snoice, SD. Uh, interact with them. Go down, check out the shop. And uh be sure to write us a review on pod, on uh, iTunes because that means a lot to us. It helps out the show and uh, subscribe. And send us some
1: emails. Send them if you guys need any stickers, whatever you want. Let us know. We'll oh yeah, we got can. free
0: stickers. You got oh you got some hot shit, man. Dude, oh, don't bullshit. Don't be don't be shy about that. I'm Fuck not those shy. stickers have been flying uh, flying off the shelves. Dude, Corey's yeah. hiding them on social on Insta stories. Corey's yeah. been hiding them in the beer yeah they've been inside a the yetis big hit did some shirts <laughs> they're um, really good man i like them i dig them
1: just an old vintage uh neon that i had up on the store figured yeah i it love on, it put it on some stickers and i fucking shirts. love it
0: yeah yeah hit us up we'll get you some free stickers um we appreciate you guys tuning in the podcast means a lot look forward to a, a big 2018 boom done